Welcome to the Scale and Skyrocket Your Business podcast. And you're with me, Law Bradley. And this week, I'm talking to multi six figure business owner Colleen Jeffs from the Honest Tech Company. And Colleen is fast on the journey to her first seven figures. And the most exciting thing that I really love about Colleen's journey is that she's building a seven figure business based on her values. So if you're looking to make values a core part of your scaling journey, then stick around as Colleen has some incredible insights that she'll be sharing over the next 30 minutes. All right, so let's get right into it. Colleen, welcome. It's so good to have you here on the podcast. And we've been talking about this for quite a number of weeks now, haven't we, about getting you on and finding out a bit more about your story um, and your journey to uh, seven figures uh, in your business. I just want to dig into um, your background so that our listeners can understand sort of a bit more about where you've come from. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, it's, it's an honor to be here with you today. I was a project manager, and so I worked in IT running um, technical projects. And I'm not hugely technical myself, but I do love developing. Uh, we developed a lot of software and applications, and um, I'm very methodical in the way that I work. And so being an IT tech project manager kind of um, made sense for me. You, at some point then, you took a leap into starting your own business. So what, what was the driving force between you you leaving the IT project world and going into working for yourself? Kind of funny, actually. Um, I'm a little bit lippy. <laughs> and I don't, and I, don't, I don't, I have lots of ideas. Um, and I've been very entrepreneurial since I was um, young. And I feel like a lot of us, uh, right? Um, and I just, I got to the point in my career where I felt like, what is this all for? Like, who is this impacting? And I ended up working, um, one of the very last projects that I worked on was corporate compliance for a bank. Um, and I just remember sitting in meetings thinking, I have to motivate my team. But I was not motivated. And I just I just felt like this is not for me. And I, I really wanted to help other people do what I wanted to do, which was to be able to work from home, mm. running my own business. Um, but of course, because I hadn't done it myself yet, mm. I couldn't teach other people. So I knew that I needed to learn how to do that myself. And and we had a couple of false starts where we had like, uh, we had a brick and mortar store that didn't work. We had a couple of uh, online stores where we were like drop shipping. We had an Amazon FBA store. Mm. Uh, I think we might've talked about that before yes. when we first met. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it, all of those things just didn't feel right for me uh, until we ended up learning. This is kind of a funny story where um, I, I started out learning how to run a business online um, because one business that we had was uh, I was a relationship coach. And I don't really? know if I've told you this. But yeah, no. I don't know if I've told you this. It's all before. coming out now. <laughs> it is totally coming out now. Um, and so, like, through the course of my corporate career, people mm. would just confide in me and just tell mm. me their stories and, you know, uh, people who were having relationship issues at home. And mm. I would not be asking these people how their personal lives were going. Like, I, I was not eliciting, you know, this kind of yeah. conversation, mm. right? But people were wanting to talk to me about these things. And, um, and so I thought maybe if I had an online business and I was a relationship coach, that would be great. But it turns out I'm not as patient as I thought I was. <laughs> um, and, I, and I ended up working with 
a few people who just didn't really want to fix their relationships. And I'm a fixer. Mm. Like if there's a problem, I like to, you know, I look and I go into solution mode and I Mm. like to fix things. And it just dawned on me that there were a lot of people who really just wanted to complain about their relationship and didn't really want to fix it. And they didn't want to do the hard work. But in building that business, I needed to learn more about funnels and automation and, Mm. um, and that's how we got started. And that's how we started the Honest Tech Company because I was in all of these business groups on Facebook talking to people about my relationship coaching business, but then still talking about IT stuff. Yeah. And I kind of got known as the person who you would go to if you wanted to build a funnel because Colleen's done it before and she's giving advice on this and Colleen's giving advice on how to send emails and automate those systems and, and, um, because I wasn't doing so well with the relationship coaching business, Paul and I ended up having a discussion where I said, should we just do some tech stuff? (laughs) And that's how the Honest Mm. Tech Company came about. The thing for us is we call it the Honest Tech Company because honesty and integrity are are big Mm. things for us. And I think in the online space, there's, I mean, there are people who, you know, sell something and they don't deliver it. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of charlatans out there, right? But Mm we didn't want to be tarred with that brush. Like we really genuinely want the best for our customers and we really genuinely provide a great service where we make sure that it's, you know, um, fairly priced and that we really go out of our way to make sure that we deliver on the outcome. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we called it the honest tech company because we treat our customers how we wanted to be treated. Um, Mm -hmm. And we didn't get that sometimes when we were getting someone else to build our website, you know, they would sell us something and then, you end up getting like a, you know, a half assembled car at the end that you couldn't really use, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and um, and we didn't want to be like that. Mm. So that's why we we use the word honest in our name, because that really is a big thing for us. And, and that's kind of what we're known for now. So you mentioned earlier that, you know, people started asking you uh, for relationship advice. What, what are your clients asking you for uh, today? There's, there's kind of a backstory to this actually today they're asking us like how to get more clients mm. how to get more leads how and when they say I need more I need more clients what they're really saying is I need to bring in some revenue and get some freedom mm. and you know so I, I hear something else but they say mm. I need more clients now when we started out in our business we um we built funnels and we automated systems for people and that's what mm. we thought we we wanted to do But as we were doing that for people, they were also asking us for business advice. And because we'd had previous businesses before, we kind of knew, you know, what to do. And and we were also being coached at the same time by other business coaches, you know, Mm -hmm. teaching us how to to grow our business. And, um, And so as we were building funnels, we were also working out the marketing strategy and we were also working out the customer journey. Mm -hmm. And so we realized that that was a part of our business that, we weren't really selling because we were selling funnels and automation. But as an aside, we were also teaching and coaching that respect of it. And from that, our next offer came about, which was our mastermind. And that kind of evolved over time. We we realized that it wasn't just that core offering that people needed in the end. Mm. And in answer to your question, now they're asking us more business consulting type questions rather than yeah. can you build my funnel and have you found that over uh, over time with the honest tech company that the the types of client have changed or have they pretty much stayed the same I think they have changed and I think it's because we've grown as well so it's mm. like 
I guess in any business, when you first start out, you know, you'll take any client who's got a credit card, right? <laughs> Anyone <laughs> who's going to pay you. Um, but that is not going to serve you going forward. Yeah. I mean, you you know that. So um, I think the clients that we had in the beginning were people who were very green and very new in their journey in terms of building funnels. Uh, and it's because we've grown now. We don't take people at that at that point in their journey we take people who really know that a funnel is what they want to do going forward rather than someone who's just heard of it and thought oh I should build a funnel we're now working with people who know that that is the next stage in their business and that they really want to need it and I think those two different schools of thought are very different and they present those clients present in different ways and it's just because we we just won't take people at the beginner stage now. Do you want to tell us a little bit about um, just some of the values that that you have and that you look for in your clients? The values that we look for are honesty and integrity obviously because that's you know things that we value. Um, People who are hardworking and who really want it so having people who have got a a real kind of can-do attitude who are driven who are really hungry for it um, and who will put themselves out of their comfort zone to achieve what they need yeah. to do. You're on your journey to seven figures now. And where where are you heading? So do you want to tell us a little bit about your, your dreams and your aspirations? I love this question because it allows <laughs> me to just like, you know, just transport myself to the future. Um, I, I would love to, a couple of personal things. So um, my father passed away in 2016. Mm. And he passed away in a in a rest home, and I was so bummed that that he died there. And I don't want that for my mum. And I want her to be able to stay with us in our own home. She stays with us now, mm. but I want to have like a purpose built room for her where she, you know, where she can get around and there's like you know grab bars and stuff so that you know yeah. she can and she can go and have a shower and a wheelchair and all that that stuff. I want her to be with us, and so she grew up um she's one of eight she's the oldest and she has just served everybody her whole life mm. like she helped raise all of her siblings because she was the oldest mm. and then when she was 18 she ended up having my sister and then my brother and then me and then she got married um and then she just raised us um and she just dedicated her whole life to looking after all of us and my father and then he passed away and so I would love to be able to give back to her. She's the kindest person I know. Like she's the type of person who would just give you the shirt off her back. Totally. Like, you know, Mm. without even a thought. Um, And um, to be able to travel more. I love traveling. And I know in these times it's a little bit tough right now to be able to travel, but for Paul and I, to be able to travel and um and we love skiing I'm not a good skier <laughs> but I but I do love it I'm really good at falling over and getting up again <laughs> because I practice that a lot but uh, one of our dreams is to be able to go to um to Breckenridge over in the states and uh, we have this agreement that if we could get to go to Breckenridge during the week not during school holidays or um, Christmas time when everyone else would be there to be able to sit on the top of the mountain during the week and stay in a ski in ski out place um, that would that we would feel like we have made it you know and um, and so that's one of our dreams <clears throat> also I I really want to I've sponsored children for years mm-hmm. and years and um, and so when Shane my son was born he was um, when he was before he turned one I sponsored my first child and um and then when Jasmine was born, I sponsored another child. And so I've had these, there's actually three children because I 
picked up another one along the way um, <laughs> that I've been sponsoring. Um, and so I would love to go to where they are. So they're in Africa and I would love to go and meet them. And I would love to do some like, I don't know, some projects like helping you know helping them dig a well or just Mm. because I can and because I have the time and I think um it's been very important for me to let my children see those children growing up they've been growing Mm. up together um and um you know for them to be able to see what it's like for someone else and they're so humble and grateful for anything you know just anything and um and I like my children just to see that there's another way of life and that yeah. they're actually quite privileged so mm. to do something like that um <clears throat> once you have all the money you want like you can't you can't take it with you so what are you going to do and I feel like if I can help other people you know um have a better life somehow which is exactly why we run our business right because we want people to have more freedom in their lives yeah, yeah. But beyond that, what would I like to do with my time that I couldn't do if I was working for someone else? And I think mm. going to Africa to meet the girls would be amazing just to see them. I mean, I've seen them grow up from little kids, right? You know, before they were like one year old and now Shane is 18 and Jasmine is 12. To actually see them in person would just be so amazing, you know, and yeah. to see where they live and grow up. And it's just, yeah, I think that that would be really fulfilling rather than just buying amazing things, you know, expensive things, it's not definitely not on my agenda at all. What what do you believe are the, the just some of the, the key the, the key tips or pieces of advice that, that people listening that haven't quite hit their multi six need to take on board? Well that's a good question. Um they've probably heard this a million times before, but do what you love mm. really because then it really isn't like work. Like I really love learning. And we talked about this before we started recording. Um, I would do that like until I die because I just love, I love learning and um, just getting better at things. Like I'm always thinking, how can I, how could I do that better? And, um, and I think doing, running a business that you really love and that that just comes naturally to you really Mm. doesn't make it feel like work like it it really is fun for me to to see my clients achieving the things that we have achieved because Mm. I want people Mm. to be working from home so that they can have more time to do all the other things the personal things that they want to achieve in life and it's not just about making money but what do you really get a kick out of you know, what hobbies do you like doing? How do you like, you know, do you, do you want to spend more time with your kids going to their school plays or sports days? Or, you know, um, do you want to spend more time with family? Like, what is it that you really want to do? Do you want to volunteer? Um, you know, I've done lots of volunteer work over the years, but I've always had to go back to work. Yeah. So to be able to have that freedom to be able to do that would just be priceless. And so I think doing definitely doing what you love and don't, do it just for the money because it um yes we need to have sustainable businesses but mm. if you're doing it just for the money you just I don't know I just think it speaks of uh, desperation and it just doesn't come across the same way as if you genuinely really want to help people succeed um I just I, I can just see two different types of people here where those where the, there are those that are just like always selling and always trying to get mm. something out of people rather than how can I help you solve a real problem so that you can have the life that you really want? I think that's just a very different way of thinking. So definitely doing what you love. Um, yes, you want to create a sustainable business, but don't let money be the only driver. 
which I think ties into the first one. So we're not going to see you draped across a Lamborghini anytime soon then? <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, you, you will not see me draped across a Lamborghini. No, it's not. It's just not a practical car. <laughs> it's too low to the ground for me. <laughs> Yeah, and you've recently mm-hmm. um, you've recently grown uh, as a business, and uh, you have you have new team members working with you as well. So how's that going? It's good. Um, we it's kind of funny story. When we first hired our our first VA, we thought excellent, we'll just get her to do everything, <laughs> and that that didn't work so well. Mm. Uh, so she was good at certain things and not not good at others. And so we learned over time that you know we would give her everything and then we'd pull things back Mm. if we could see that those were not her strengths. And so things like helping us write statements of work for our clients, for example, Mm. was not good, you know, to give to a VA. And so now we're like, okay, we need to spend more time doing that ourselves. But then there are other things, you know, we've learned um, now we have three, three team members, um, three assistants who work with us, but we've learned that they, we've learned to play to their strengths. And so one does, one does a lot of tech stuff and funnel building. Another one does the graphic design. And another one will do like social media management. And so, you know, we're using them for their strengths and, you know, what they're good at. And so mm. that works really well for us. Um, like any new team members, when they come on board, you've got to spend time ramping them up and, you know, getting them to um, understand what it is that you do. And having worked with people around the world before, um, I know that making remote team members feel welcome by spending a lot of time with them and just checking in with them every day really helps. Mm. And so I do like a, a 15 minute call. If something's going on that they need time um, with me, um, we'll do like a 15 minute Zoom call each day until we run that project out until they're like ready to go on their own and then they'll have less calls with me. But I find that in the beginning, just doing that um, because we've got two in Venezuela and one in, one in the Philippines. I, I don't want them to feel left out and feel mm. like, oh, I'm just a remote team member. I want them really to feel like part of the team. And we trust them explicitly. And so we treat them like family. And I think that um, uh, it's been a journey learning, you know, how to make that work. And it's very different to the corporate world. Very, very different. And that uh, they just don't think like corporate employees. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so we have to treat them differently to corporate employees. And um, but it works well. So we're we're grateful that we've got three and you know we're learning more and more about how we can, you know, leverage their time so that we don't have to do so much. But it's a journey, right? Like anything. Yeah, it is. And I love again, you've weaved family values back into your team um, as well. But now that you're in your own own business uh, along with Paul, how are you finding that with new team members and, and delegating work and Yeah, that's a good question. Um I think the way that we manage them is we treat them like family. So, um, and they evolve and grow with our business. And so uh, when we move from just doing funnels and automation to doing more business um, kind of consulting with our mastermind, it meant that our VA that was doing a lot of tech stuff for us didn't really have a lot to do. And so we had to transition her from full-time to part-time. And then we ended up taking on more people, but they're they're also part-time they work every day but they're also part-time doing their own little things and so we've learned that we don't have to have full-time staff members that work from you know whatever nine to five whatever um every single day and Mm. we've learned that we can just have ad hoc work going on which works really well for our business so making that model work for us 
has kind of evolved over time. How do you see uh, your role as leader sort of evolving over that time? Um, have, you, have you thought about what role you'd like to do in your business or, or if you want one at all? Well, you put the idea in my head where you said, you know, eventually, when would you like to step out? You know, or, you know, would you like to sell your business? I think we had a conversation around selling or stepping out and being the CEO. And I hadn't thought about that before because I was so stuck in the grind, right, of just doing everything and just making sure that we had money coming in and and, um, growing, growing our business. But I love that idea of stepping out and just being the CEO and letting other people manage it for me and just, you know, coming in. And I I love the idea of, this is how I see myself in maybe 10, 15 years time that I'm just like, I come into the office for a few days or, (laughs) you know, maybe, maybe an hour long meeting or something, a couple of, you know, two or three hour meetings or whatever. And I'm just giving advice and then people go and do the things. I would love that. So if I can build our business in a way where we could do that, that would be great. That would be a dream come true where I could just step out and go and do these other fun projects that I want yeah. to do. I think I'll always be doing something. Um, but, you know, doing something just as a fun project rather than this is building a business to leave a legacy. But I just go and do these little projects on yeah. the side that I like, you know, community yeah. type projects, that kind of thing. It's important as well, isn't it, you know, to talk about the low points that we go through. Mm. And you know, you've you've been through some scrapes and you've, you've got battle scars and it's not it's not been all peaches and cream and you know mm-hmm. I, and I just want to talk about some of those you know now you know some of the the, the biggest flops that that you've been through you know what's oh. what do you think's been the worst the hardest thing was just before we brought brought these 11 women into the mastermind mm-hmm. so I don't know what happened but there was this incredibly long dry spell where I was doing all the things that I would normally do, but I was not bringing, not able to bring in a single client, not one. Mm. And I, and I couldn't, and I couldn't figure out why. And, and I was doing all the same things that I did before when I launched my November program and when I launched Mastermind in February, but for some reason, things just weren't working. And I realized that um, over time, I started to feel like it wasn't going to happen. And when you go into that low dip where you're like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? You know, Mm -hmm. and I knew it wasn't the strategy because I'd used the strategy before and I really had to take a long, hard look and think what, what energy am I bringing? And I'm not a woo woo person at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was thinking, how am I showing up? Am I coming from a place of desperation? Mm. You know, and I really had to look at my mindset. And I know how important mindset is being an entrepreneur. You really have to have a strong mindset. Mm. Um, And so I thought, no, you can do this. You know, and I had plenty of pity parties during that time where I was like just moping on the couch, watching, binging Netflix, you know. As a fetal position. (laughs) Oh, totally. Chips and chocolate, you know, that was me, totally. Mm. Um, and but I don't let myself stay in those places for too long because I think that's just downward spiral and it doesn't serve me. So and I, I know that. So um, I just I just made the decision that I am going to get myself out of this, and you're just going to um, start thinking that you know success is there for you. And I started just really talking to myself mm. in that way and waking up thinking today's the day. Today's the day you're going to do it. You know and and every day that didn't happen, I was like, nope, don't let that stop you. And I just kind of pushed myself out of it. And I was very motivated by other people who were successful. And I made sure that I was celebrating those people and genuinely feeling happy for them, yeah. you know, when they were getting these big wins and also thinking, 
you know, it's not happening for me, but you can do it. And that's when we ended up having this launch. And I just followed everything that I did before. Mm. And I just went totally like hard out into this launch, really believing that it was going to happen and I was going to be happy with five people. And in the end, we ended up getting 11. So that was hard though, because, you know, I went through this incredibly dry spell. Mm. It was also hard because the ladies in the mastermind were watching the whole thing. And when you were telling people, you know, you're telling your clients about, you know, having a successful business, yet you're going through this lull. And I thought, Mm. okay, look at that as learning for them to see you be tenacious and get out of it. And I thought that that was an incredible learning curve for me as well, where I was showing them how Mm. you can go through this like slump and get out of it. And I, and I looked at it from the perspective of you get to show them how driven you can be even when you're not achieving in your business. And I think that that's really important for any business owner. So I knew I had to set that example and also, you know, get out of the slump myself because I didn't want to stay there. I'm grateful for the experience. It was hard at the time though. (laughs) I bet. bet. So what advice Mm. would you give to somebody else that's, uh, you know, in a similar kind of slump? Just um, many people are teaching their own journey that, you know, the whole mess is your message kind of thing. And they know that they've come through this before. They know that what they're teaching is going to give people results Um, and really having that belief that you can do it. And I think that's the strongest thing, I think. You have to believe in yourself that you can do that. And there was a point there where my mother said to me, will you ever quit? And I said, never. And this was like right in the bottom of it, right, where I was just like not achieving. And she just saw me working so hard, trying to make this work and it was just every day day after day no sales no sales no sales you know I'm doing a live in another group no sales you know and I think she was really feeling for me but then um one person signed up and and I remember taking my phone to her and showing her the stripe app and I said Farah they said yes look and it was just so exciting and it just Mm. gave me that um it just gave me that boost that I needed yeah And then the next person signed up and then I was having all these sales calls and all of these people were booking me in for sales calls to the point where Paul said, you're going to have to cut those sales calls down to half an hour because you can't fit them in. (laughs) It was great. Um, And so, you know, it was, it was so cool for my mom to see that, you know, we just got another person sign up and we just got another person sign up, but I was taking them into our mastermind feeling like I could really help them and that they were someone that I would really love to work with. Mm. And so we have this application process. And so, you know, people get vetted to go into the program and um, all of these people that we took in in the last cohort are just amazing driven women who just really want to succeed and you know impact other people's lives and grow their businesses and I can just see they have a real passion for what they do so that was fueling me as well Mm. Um, but yeah you're right it's it's really hard to come out of that and I think if you are in that situation really just having the belief that you can do it and there's one question that I ask myself when things are tough and it always spurs me on without without a shadow of a doubt and that question is what is the alternative and when I think of that what is the alternative and the alternative is going to work for someone else and there is no way in hell that I'm going to be not going to happen (laughs) no never never and so that spurs me into action and then I just Mm. keep going uh, if, if there was one mistake that we that we all have to go through, no matter where we are in business, and ride that ride that experience, what would it be? I 
didn't realize how much effort would be required to be able to reach this level of success. Mm. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who just say, you know, you know what they say. They say that it's really easy and you can just work three hours or three days a week and, you know, <laughs> you'll be hitting six figures by the end of the year, which, which is totally not true, right? You've got to put in the level of effort. And, um, and I think that I subscribe to that way of thinking. I was thinking that it's not going to be that hard. And I think because I was so successful in my career, I was very lucky. Like I got almost every job that I went for. I was very lucky and I, I climbed the corporate ladder very quickly and I made friends with the right people and, you know, and, and that was easy for me. Going into business, I thought, I'm a smart woman. I can do this. I'm university educated, right? And I've had, you know, I've worked with CEOs and directors and you're smiling because you realize that, <laughs> that, that doesn't necessarily work because even though you're smart doesn't mm. mean success. That doesn't equal success, right? Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. think the mistake that I made was thinking that I could take all of those transferable skills mm. and just apply it to an online mm. business and I'd be, you know, home home free right and it would just be like it would just work that did not happen ever (laughs) and I and I think and I talk about eating humble pie a lot because Mm. I've eaten a lot of humble pie and I think when you're humble things don't hurt so much yeah I I don't know I don't know if you agree with that but I feel like if you go into things looking at it from a perspective of what can I learn from this Mm how you know how can I how is this going to help me um how how can I help other people then it's not all about it's not all about me 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 making money and I think um when you have these flops in your business if you can reframe it like you said and come from a place of what can I learn from this or you know Mm. in a a healthy way reframe it in a healthy way that serves you it just makes it so much easier and you accept that it's just part of the course and um, it's all part of my story. When I have these flops, I think it's all part of my story. Have you got any advice, any final pieces of advice to to give to those listening that, that are where you are right now and, you know, looking to move ahead in their journeys to, uh, to seven figures? Be brave. Um, just go and do it, like even though it makes you feel uncomfortable. I think the greatest growth that I've experienced has been in those very uncomfortable phases where I'm really pushing myself to do things. Like um, uh, when I launched the Mastermind, I also said that I was going to, I said this thing, I said, I'm going to leave comfort in the rearview mirror. And I did this post on on Facebook of a the, the rear view mirror of a car and I said I'm leaving comfort in the rear view mirror and I really meant that and um and I completely stepped up and I'm introverted I I don't like crowds I don't like attention <laughs> just which is funny for a project manager and a coach right um but I knew that I had to step into the shoes of someone else that you know my my future successful self if I wanted to be you know um if I wanted to grow a business and I think there's like different versions of my successful future self and so I knew that I needed to step out of my comfort zone so being brave and doing that um, really helped me grow and that's when we took a whole bunch of people into our mastermind Mm. 
And I, I did things like um, I put my hand up to go on TV, on live TV. I would never do that. Uh, and I, um, I wrote a whole bunch of articles and they were published online and I contributed to some online magazines and just things like that that I, I wouldn't have done before to be visible. And so my advice would be be brave, step into the uncomfortable, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's definitely something that we all need to get used to um, and take risks, take calculated risks, but, um, you know, take risks in your business and watch other people who are ahead of you in their journey and model them and, you know, surround yourself with really successful people. There's a saying, you know, it's, it's better to be the dumbest one in the group. And I fully believe that because you will then aspire to be better than you are. Um, and so I don't mind being the dumbest one in the group because it means I'm going to get better. So surround yourself with really inspirational people who are going places and who don't mind helping you, you know, who'll pull you up when you need need to be helped and and just be brave and push the boundaries and really believe in yourself that you can achieve that goal. And I think that that's a huge part of it, having that belief that you can achieve it. It's like when my mother said to me, will you ever give up? Will you ever quit? And I said, no, because... I don't see another life. I don't see plan B. I don't see myself working for someone else. In the beginning of this podcast, I said that I'm too lippy and I just, you know, have too many ideas. I just couldn't work for someone else. And, that, you know, so I know that this is the path for me and I just feel so much more fulfilled following that. So, yeah, that would be my advice. Just believe in yourself and keep chasing your dream because it totally does pay off, as, as you know. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaways have been from this episode. So if you've enjoyed the conversation, then let me know by leaving a comment, drop me a DM, or if you're an entrepreneur who's ready to work with leading mentors to build a scale strategy so that you can ultimately have a work-life balance that serves you and a business that you don't need to take a holiday from, then head on over to scaleandskyrocket.com and join us on our 12-month scaling mastermind.